0: for people to join. all right we've got some people i'm just i'm tweeting it out tweeting out the link um good morning everyone i hope we're all doing well okay all right well that's good (laughs) i'm trying to tweet out the link and it's telling me that it's not a real link page not found awesome okay i'm really ready for this rain to stop i don't know about you guys i know that it's cliche to be talking about the weather but this week has sucked and my house looks like nobody lives in it because the lawn is outrageous all right that's the right link Okay. All right. Excellent. Well, hey, everyone. Thank you for joining me um, and spending your Saturday morning, late morning, afternoon with me. Um, I really appreciate it. So for those who don't know, I'm Steph Driver. I am uh, one of the hosts of Broad Street Hockey Radio. I am the site manager for Broad Street Hockey. Um, And here we are. Uh, Maddie is currently telling me that she's here. (laughs) Hi, Maddie. (laughs) Um, And what we do is every Saturday, we started this last season. um, We are going to do a a Saturday morning, morning 11 a.m. Q&A. Just to kind of keep connected with everybody. Um, This launched our um our pregame and postgame series last season so it's something fun that we like to do just to stay connected to keep hockey going throughout the off season um i think it's a lot of fun so the good news is that because all of the post games and the pre games were such a success um We're going to have a lot more voices this off season. I just went real blurry. So give me a second. Um, maybe it'll correct. Mm, No. All right. This is just how we're going to be. Um, we're going to have a lot of voices doing these Q and A's during the summer. So that's great news for you. You're going to get a lot of different opinions, a lot of different types of analysis from a lot of different writers within broad street hockey. Um, and there are so many people who volunteered, there's a good chance you only see my face one more time during the summer. Um, I mean, I, I like talking to you guys, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and fabricate some other things to talk to you. Um, so how this works, I'm just gonna go through just an overall how this works, just in case you weren't with us last off season. We're gonna put out posts asking for questions the day before, that'll be on Twitter, that'll be on Facebook. And we're gonna start with those questions just so it gives us some time to prep. And then we'll go into the, the live Q&A. So I do have a handful of questions, it's not too many, so I will have time to answer your questions at the end. Um, the problem with Facebook is that it doesn't really let me scroll, so if you ask your questions in the beginning, I probably won't see them. So hold on to them until I say I'm ready for your questions and then we'll jump right in. Um, the The first the first question that I actually see here in the Facebook chat is from Joe. Where are all the Pebbles haters now? I think that everyone's really pleased with Pierre-Edward Belmar. Um, you know, I, I don't think that anybody begrudges him his success, especially since he's not on the team. He's not on our team. He's a really nice guy. Uh, Vegas is having amazing success for their expansion season. Um mm-hmm. I think that I don't know if anybody is upset that he's having success. I think that's good, just not on our hockey team and and again, the problem with Belmar was that our coach just used him in situations that he shouldn't have been used in. okay, all right, so I'm just scrolling through scrolling through to get current. All right. All right. I'm seeing some Vegas love and that makes me very, very happy. I love, I love this story. I love that team. All right, so I'm gonna get into I'm gonna jump right into the questions that I got on Twitter yesterday. Oh, and that's and you're we're gonna have a already. We're not even ten minutes in and we've got a, a cat sighting. Um, okay. This is, this is my big boy who's going to mess up all the wires that I have going into my computer. All right, great. (laughs) So the first question I have from Twitter is from Dave. How optimistic are you heading into next season? Would you rather sign a UFA like Tavares or put that money to extending Provorov and Konechny? So, That's that's a few different questions and one that's complicated. So I don't feel comfortable right now in May while the season is still happening for a handful of teams to say how optimistic I am going into next season, because I don't know what's going to happen in the off season. I don't know what's going to happen at the draft. I don't know what's going to happen in free agency. Um, But you know, all things, if if we're going to say the team is the exact same this year as they are or next year as they were this year, then I'm not incredibly optimistic because that means that we'll be bringing back some of the guys that we want to not see anymore. Um, Now, granted, I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, Hextall has said, um, my my cat is now moving the computer, stop, Um, that he does not expect to see Manning back, the I for one will believe it when I see it. Um, he has also said that he will try to not bring back Philpola, which is like a really weird thing to say. He's going to explore three C options outside of Valtteri Philpola, but if Philpola is still the best option, then he will consider bringing him back. Um, so it's interesting. Um so in terms of how I feel about next season, I don't I don't know yet. I don't know I don't know what the roster is going to look like. I don't know what they're going to do with the summer. I don't know what they're going to do with the lot of money that they have in cap space. And then in terms of would I rather uh, Tavares or extending Provorov or Konechny? Um, I mean, they're going to extend Provorov and Konechny regardless. Like they're both on really cheap deals on their first hockey contracts. So I, I don't think that that's even a question. They're going to give them a, a second contract. Um, and there is the money there. The money will be there to do that. And I, I, I don't think that this is, if they wanted to, this is the first season, I believe, come July 1st, that they'll be able to extend the both of them. Um, but it's, they, they're they still both under their, their um, entry level contracts through next season. So I don't, uh, there's no rush. There's no rush there. And honestly, if I were the two of them, I'd probably try to hedge a little bit um, and see what next season looks like. Um, Charles is asking how old is my catch. Sh- His name is Schenner <laughs> and he's, he's five. I've had him since he was, 10 weeks old. Um, 10. No, I've had Missy since she was 10 weeks old. I've had him since he was three weeks old. Um, my other cat, Mama, is his mother. Okay. So the next question is also from Dave. And we're switching gears a little bit. What does the league need to do to grow the game? And that's a more complicated question. Um, because there's a lot of things that the league could do to grow the game. The league is incredibly insular where, you know, you hear the jokes about the 200 hockey men. You could hire someone from outside of the 200 hockey men and that could grow the fan base. Hiring former players into front office roles is not helping to grow the game because it's the same. It's the same of everything. Same, same, same. Um, Jesus, can you stop? He's he's driving me nuts. Um, they could, you know, this, this thing with the Olympics, obviously do more high-profile international tournaments. Like, that was a little bit insane. That's not doing anything to grow the game. Um, don't sign exclusive contracts for television with one... Um, with one network, so as you all know, because we watch TV, um, the NFL has contracts with multiple different networks, the NBA has contracts with multiple different networks, the MLB has contracts with multiple different networks, the NHL, NBC. That's it. Um, it's It's just it's it's very strange. I think that Gary Bettman obviously does his best, but is not good for the game. He's not good at growing the game. Okay. So the next question is from Peter Hoffman. We've got two. So serious hockey question. What would you call a successful 2018-19 season for Oscar Lindblom? And that is a really good question. Um, I would like to see out of Lindblom what he did this year with more scoring. So I think that he had a really good season for his, for his skill set, So he is, I compared him to Michael Raffle, but the better Michael Raffle. all of the good things that Raffle does well, plus he's going to score. So he's, he's more of a defensive forward. He's more of the Michael Raffle Sean Couturier breed. Uh, he needs to find the net more. And I think that that would be a really, really successful season out of Oscar Lindblom. I think if we see if he can get to twenty goals, that would be that would be an A plus season, for in my opinion, for Lindblom. Uh, all right. So the next, the fun hockey question, uh, and this is back to me saying that Sean Monahan looks like Link from Legend of Zelda. Uh, Link decides to play hockey. What does he play, and why does Dave Axtall bench him? Um, I think that Link would be a goalie. I think that that's just the type of guy that he would be, and uh, Hextall would bench him because he would be an aggressive goalie. He would come out of the crease way too much, and that would make that would make Hextall nervous. He doesn't like aggressive type players. <laughs> All right. Um. From Brian Knight, should the Golden Knights' success affect how we view Hextall's slow and conservative approach to this rebuild? Yes. Um but I think that the Golden Knights success should have more impact on front offices. Like this is this is something that GMs need to look at and this group of cast-off players are finding success in this league and I I really hope to think that um everyone in every front office is going to take a, a look at themselves in the mirror and be like, uh, we need, we need to see what we could be doing differently, what we could be doing better. Now, a lot of what I believe is happening in Vegas is due to um, coaching. You know, Galant is a great coach and the system that they play is attack, 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 attack. They never sit back and they're pushing for every second out of those 60 minutes. And I think that that is something that all coaches need to take a look at and all fans need to take a look at and demand that of their coaches because it works. It's, the, it's a new style, it's a fast pace of hockey. You've got all, all of the guys on your team can skate. This is, this is what's next. This is how hockey is evolving. And that's you know it really what we need to see out of all of our teams. And especially out of Hackstall, who is so conservative um, and and very prone to blow leads in the third period because he's sitting back and, and not attacking. So, yes, this is something that I would love to see out of the Flyers. It's something that I would love to see league wide. And, you know... Another thing that we could learn from Vegas is be a little bit more fun in your in-game experience, your in arena experience. That sure it's cheesy, it's it's very campy, it's Vegas. It's Vegas. That's what they do. They do that better than anybody else in the world. It's not going to hurt. It's not going to hurt to have a little bit more fun during your the in-game experience. Like they have they have guys running up and down the aisles ripping off, you know, Vegas Golden Night shirts and giving them out. Like they wear 20 or so and they just throw them like, that's fun. It's fun. And everybody loves a free t-shirt. All right. Uh, Chris has given me a handful of questions. Um, so I'm just going to run through them here. The first one: If the Flyers sign a three C in the offseason, what do they do with said UFA when Frost and Vorobyev make the team in twenty nineteen? Um, good question. Um, I don't. Now this is this is going to sound a little dismissive, but but I don't really care. It all depends on what types of deals they sign a UFA to. If it's a two-year deal, someone can move to wing for for a little bit. Um, Scott Lawton will probably be the 4C is my guess, but we know that he can play wing. I don't want him at wing, but we know that he can. Um, Frost, I don't know whether Frost is ever going to bulk up enough to play center in the NHL. I, I would love for him too, but I know that that's their concern about playing him this season. That's, that's what the the team has been saying. Every chance, every opportunity they get, which could be, now now as a little in parentheses, could be motivation for him to, to put on muscle this off season. Like if you want a chance out of camp, you really need to to spend some time in the gym. It, I would not put that, um, I would not not consider that a possibility. Um with, with Vorobiev, that's a great question because I think that he could come in now. He's a very strong player. I really, really like his skill set. I love what he brings to the team in, in Lehigh Valley. I would love to see him on the flyers sooner rather than later. You know, that being said. If they sign a Paul Stasny, if they sign a I mean, John Tavares, which I think is really, really far out of the question, but everybody wants him, so I do too. Everybody wants him come, and I do too. Uh, I, I, I'm not that worried about what happens with, with some of the younger players. It's not going to hurt them to spend more time in the AHL. It's not going to hurt them. To get more development time, I don't, I I don't say that lightly, because I am one of the biggest proponents of having um, the youth come up. Um, the problem with the team right now is that there are so many roadblocks with just mediocre, mediocre hockey players that we can't find the room for them, and that's the problem. The bigger problem is that there's the mediocre log jam. It's, it's log jam of mediocre. Um, but it's not going to hurt Morgan Frost to have some time in the AHL. It's not going to hurt uh, Misha to have some time, some more time in the AHL, especially after this Calder Cup run. By the way, side note, are you guys, are you, are you guys watching this? The, what the Phantoms are doing? Like this is, this could be it. This could be, this could be the Calder Cup Champion team high Valley Phantoms. What they're doing is awesome. Um, I just posted um, an article this morning on Broad Street Hockey that uh, NBC Philly Plus, which is a channel, um, will be airing the three Phantoms home games during this series, the the Eastern Conference Championship, the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, <laughs> So that's game three, four, and if five is needed, five. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, if you can get to Allentown, their their atmosphere is a lot of fun. Obviously, it's a small arena, um, but it's they do a really good job there. I really like the PPL Center. So. That's my little sales pitch. I love I love the phantoms. I love going to watch the games. Unfortunately, it's a little bit far for me, and I can't get around that well these days. Um, but definitely go if you can. It's a ton of fun. Um, now, they're saying Sanheim should play this series, which terrifies me. terrifies me in terms of his health for next season, but he was crushing it. So let's definitely cheer on our, our best boy up there. Uh, Moran is done for the season. Uh, who else? Blom is playing well. Alex Lyon is playing lights out. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun up there. Um, all right. So I got sidetracked. Uh, next question from Chris. Do you think Hextall is going to keep an eye on what happens from... January 1st, 2018, I'm sorry, that's July, July 1st, 2018 to July 1st, 2019 between Artemi Panarin and Columbus. He's a UFA after this coming season and would be nice, would be a nice scoring winger for Patrick. Um, I think that the entire league is going to be keeping an eye on what happens with Artemi Panarin, but I also think that Columbus would be absolutely foolish to not re-sign him. He is very, very good. I can't believe I can't believe that he ever left um, Chicago. Like that was uh, very funny to me. <laughs> Anytime any of the teams I hate do really dumb and bad things, it, it makes me feel good. Uh, that was really dumb and bad, Chicago. Uh, I would have preferred it if he didn't come to the Metro. Um, I was bearing a grudge against Panarin for a while for winning the Calder instead of Ghost because I think Ghost deserved it more. But after after the series against the Capitals, like I just I, I can't anymore. He's he's amazing. He's a great hockey player, and I would love I'd love to have him on the flyers. I would have to bury the hatchet about the Calder and how he was playing pro hockey before. He came to the NHL, but that's, that's that's a personal burden that I have to bear. Uh, yes, I think that the entire league is going to be watching what happens there. Uh, then the last question from Chris, is it safe to say the deeper the Phantoms go in the playoffs and better Myers plays, the nightmares for Gudis get worse and he's gone in the offseason? I... I, I don't have a great answer for that. All right, so let me talk, let's talk about Phil Myers. Like, let's set some reasonable expectations because there is this, the hope, there is the hope and it's rampant and, and Hextall has kind of flan, fanned the flames a little bit um, where that he will play next season with the Flyers. And yes, we saw... Um, Ivan Provorov come from juniors to the NHL when he was 18. So the, the his draft year plus one, uh, draft plus two. Um, and then we saw Sandheim bounce back and forth between the NHL and the AHL this season after spending an entire season in the AHL last year and – Two, one, two in juniors. Um, Phil Myers. Now Phil Myers is a different build, physic, physical build than Sanheim, where Phil Myers doesn't have to bulk up. Sandheim did. Sandheim was a string bean coming into camp three years ago. He is no longer. Um uh, Phil Myers does not have that problem. So physicality is not going to be a problem for Phil Myers. Um, That being said, you know, we've seen Hextall take a conservative approach across the board with all of the rookies, especially with the defensemen. Um, And then when it comes to the coach, we've seen him not play, The rookie defenseman. Uh, I mean, let's look right back at Sandheim. He just didn't play Sandheim because he preferred to have Manning and Gudis in the lineup. Uh, He also, I mean, the same thing happened with Samuel Moran. So I am incredibly hesitant to say, yes, Phil Myers is going to make a push out of camp and will beat out all of these other guys. So here's what's going to happen going into camp. So obviously Provorov, ghost, done deal, done deal. Robert Hay will make the team. Um, and Samuel Moran has to stay in the NHL this season, or they risk losing him to waivers. Hextall's not going to do that. So those are, those are the four that we don't hate. Um, so then let's move into the others. We still have um, Andrew McDonald, who, you know, did okay next to Travis Sandheim. Not a tire fire. He didn't have he didn't have an Andrew McDonald season. It was okay. It was decent. It wasn't horrific at all times across all 82 games plus the playoffs. It was okay. Um, then we look at, you know, Gudis who tried to kill Couturier. Uh, he had, Racco Gudis had a gut, had a rough season and whether that was because he was paired with Manning a lot of the time or, it was just a rough season, and that happens. I don't, have, I don't have the answer for that. But it was a rough season from Radko Gudas, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him move this off season. And then we have the bubble players, right? We've got Travis Sanheim, who's a bubble player, should make the NHL. We all know he should make the NHL. He should be on the team next season. Phil Myers, who is the most complete defenseman we have outside of Ivan Provorov, should make the team next season. I know this. You know this. In terms of talent, it's there. He can take the step up in his development for um, the NHL next season. We all we know this, but they're going to be on the bubble. They're going to have to fight for their spot against Gudis, against Andrew McDonald. Um, I think there's a really good chance that. Sam Moran is the seventh D for most of the season. Um, I, I, There's not a whole lot of wiggle room until you get rid of that Andrew McDonald contract. They waived him once. Will they waive him again? I don't think so. I think that the team genuinely believes that he is this rookie whisperer that spending time paired next to a rookie is – helping the rookies development um, that this is, I-, I think it's just what the team believes. I don't agree, but I-, I mean to play devil's advocate, we've seen the results now. Was Ivan Provorov going to be an elite defenseman without spending time <clears throat> with Andrew McDonald? Yes. Was Shane Gossisbear going to be an elite defenseman without spending time paired with Andrew McDonald? Yes, but you know we see what they've turned into. They've both turned into legitimate pairing, if not legitimate number one overall defensemen. So we can't be can't be that upset. Just I don't like how they got there. Um, Gudis though. Personally, can get off my hockey team. Um, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised, but I also wouldn't be surprised to see him back next season. He's not a bad option, but there are definitely better options out there, and they're within our system. Okay, uh, from Brian, is there an? Actual realistic chance we get to see Carter Hart with the Flyers next season. Okay, so actual realistic chance Carter Hart makes the Flyers next season. The keyword being realistic, no. However, there is an optimistic grain of, of hope that he might, he might beat out some of the other goalies in camp. I don't think, now, you know, this is Hextall that we're dealing with here. So conservative, 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 conservative. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that Ron Hextall will rush him. I think that Hextall is going to put him in the AHL and try and watch him succeed there. And I think that, I think that Carter will, um, my dark horse candidate for backup next year is Alex Lyon. I think that he can beat Michael Neuvert out of camp to be the backup goalie. Now, Michael Neuvert, let's talk goalies here. So Brian Elliott is the starter. Brian Elliott's going to be the starter next year. I don't know what happens the next year after when there's no one on contract as of right now. Um But Brian Elliott is the starter next year. Then we have um, Michael Neuvert, who is on the second year of his two-year extension. Michael Neuvert is a good goalie. Michael Neuvert may actually be the better goalie out of the two. But as we all know, Michael Neuvert cannot stay healthy and cannot be relied upon. And that's when you're a goalie, part of your job description is you have to be reliable. It's it sucks. It sucks. It sucks. And I hate it. I hate it for him as a human being. And I hate it for him as a hockey player because he is very talented. He's good. He just can't stay healthy. Um, so then we're looking at you know Alex Lyon, who was solid in his 11 games in the NHL. He wasn't blowing the roof off the barn, but he was solid. And then has come... I, I don't have I don't have the numbers up in front of me, but last time I checked, it was over a nine five save percentage during the the playoffs for the Phantoms. Like that's really good. He's doing really well. Again, it's the AHL. I understand it's lesser competition, but it's still the playoffs. And if he can if he can lead them to a Calder Cup, which I don't think is outside of the realm of possibility, we, we've got we've got our dark horse candidate for backup goalie next year. Um, I, I would be really excited now, granted, um, he doesn't have a contract for next season. So his contract ends at the end of this year. I have, I have no doubt that Hextall will extend, he'll be an RFA. So qualify him, give him a little bit more money and, and making your backup. I think that that would be good for everybody. I'm concerned that you know Brian Elliott is also, you know, he's, aging. So he's having some injury trouble too. He's always had some type of injury trouble throughout his career. Um, Do we really want Alex Lyon playing 20, 35 games? I'm not sure about that, but you know, in the case that Brian Elliott does get injured, in the case that happens, and Alex Lyon is your backup, you can always call Michael. In this instance, in this case, I have Michael Neuvert getting waived and playing for the Phantoms. Um, in that instance, you'll bring up, bring up Neuvert and have him back up Alex Lyon, have them split some games instead of running one of them into the ground. Like There is a way for this to happen that makes sense. Um, could it work the other way around too where you have Neuvert as the backup and then you call up Alex Lyon from Lehigh Valley? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I think it's more fun this way. (laughs) Uh, In terms of Carter Hart, that was the original question. Carter Hart um, will be with the Phantoms this season. I think that that's a good place for him. Um, I would love to see him break the Flyers roster. I think that that would be just a a little dose of chaos and and excitement in a league where there isn't a whole lot. Um, But... I think the AHL is a good place for him to be. Let's see some consistency. Let's see some dominance at the AHL level. And then and then next year, not next off season, we'll have the same conversation. I will be riding that Carter Hart to the NHL train harder than anybody else. All right. And then this is the last question that I have from Twitter. So if you want to start getting in your questions here in the chat, um, I'll be getting to them now. Um, this is from Chris. What is your favorite kind of donut? Um, my favorite type of donut is all of them. Uh, but I, I am really partial to just the regular chocolate frosted uh, with sprinkles. I need sprinkles on my donuts because I think that's fun. Um, all right. So now I'm going to get to some of your questions. I'm going to scroll up as far as I can. Um, From Rhea getting rid of a dead of dead weight and playing an all phantom fourth line would be an improvement. I completely agree. Completely agree. Oh, we were talking Brandon Manning extensions. That I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> uh, from Nathan, how many phantoms do you want on this team next year, and who are they? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, realistically. I don't think that there are very many that make the jump um, uh, on the forward core. I don't, I don't know if there are any, it might, you know, maybe, maybe Vorobiev um, maybe Vecioni. I don't, I don't see, I don't see many others making the jump next year in terms of forwards. Defense is where I'm, I'm really looking Um I would love, I would love to have Myers. I would love to have Moran. Um, And I guess Sanheim is still technically a phantom, I guess. Um, I I need him on the team and I'd love the other three as well. From Max, do you think Simmons has another 30 goal season in him? God, I I would love to say so. I, I would love to say yes. We'll see, we'll see what he looks like in training camp after the surgeries, surgeries with an S, multiple surgeries. He has this off season, Uh, last year was not a good one for Simmons, like it hurts me to say it was not a good season for Wayne Simmons, I I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, Brian, how to fix the NHL, fire Bettman. better TV deals, promote player personalities and diversity, absolutely player personalities and diversity is what I missed earlier in the Q and a um, definitely do better there. <laughs> From Russ, Belmar got his first point in the playoffs last night. Should have kept. <laughs> oh, Charles wants to know where Schenner went. Um, I don't actually know. He has, he created a little blanket nest on the, one of the uh, cushions behind me, but he's not there. Um, oh, It's bird time. Both the cats are looking out my, my glass door because the birds are swooping and and eating the bugs. It stopped raining. So they're, they're, they're fixated on the swooping birds. Um, from Michael Gallant is playing players to their strength and not shoehorning into positions taken up by reliable veterans or big contract players. You're absolutely correct. Um, they they traded for Tatar. It was it was a big trade at the deadline, and he's been scratched more often than not. I think he he's played one playoff game. He scored, but he they're not. Gallant is not making. Is not playing traditional, by the rules, old boys hockey. And I think it's really great. Excuse me. I need to get my water and it's behind my computer. And I knocked over my microphone. Like that was, I could have planned that better. Um, From Marcus, I believe Hexy will get a package done and draft draft top five thoughts. Maybe. Um, I guess it depends on on who you think he's targeting um, and then the team that you think will listen. I don't know. I've seen a lot of people saying that he'll package the two picks plus somebody else and, and maybe a prospect, maybe a roster player and a prospect and get into the top five. Is, is it worth it? If it's not Rasmus Dahlin, is it worth it? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't started my draft prep yet. Um, It's possible. Um, From Michael Thomas, what cons, if any, do you see in Moran's game? There are definite gaps. He's not, he's, so I'll start with the pros. He is fast. He's fast, he's a very good skater and that's just not a fast and good skater for his size. He's fast and a good skater for any size. Um, he, he's very good on his feet. Obviously his size helps when it comes to clearing the porch. His physicality helps. Um, another con is, is going to be that physicality. Sometimes you just need to rein it in a little bit, bro. You don't need to be ragdolling players half your size for no reason. Uh, you need to have some type of, of control and, and some type of, mechanism there where you don't cross the line and and that's not something that I am confident he's capable of and uh, and let me amend that I don't think that he's not capable I just don't think he's had to and he hasn't he we know that he has not at the NHL level so I think that he's got to be in the NHL to know where that boundary stands So then what other cons do I see in Moran's game? He's not great with the puck. Um, He's strong on the puck. He is very hard to knock off the puck. But when it comes to making and accepting passes, not a strong suit in his game. He's good in the corners, but in open ice, not great with the puck. So I would like to see him work on that, but the only way that he's going to be able to work on that is to get some time in the NHL. Yes, yes, you can work on those things in the AHL, but he's been injured all season, and that sucks. Oh, it sucks. He's had a really shit season, uh, and I hate it for him. All right. Um. From Ellis, you think our minor league team will win the cup? I think it's a. they've got a good shot. So they're playing the Marlies, the Toronto Marlies, this series for the Eastern conference finals in the Eastern conference finals. I've, I've kind of flubbed that both times. I've said it um, and, and the Toronto Marlies have a good team. They, what they're building in Toronto, both in the NHL and the AHL is, is impressive. They've got a lot of really talented, fast players. So, you know, that being said, Carolina, was a good challenge. They're, they're building a good team. They're building a good team there. It's just taking a while to get to the NHL level. And, and I don't know, I don't really know what's going on in Carolina, um, but their, their minor league team is good. The checkers are good. And um, the Phantoms beat them, obviously. So uh, it, the, the, the Marleys are going to be a big Challenge and it's it's going to be the biggest challenge I think that they've faced um, this off season, which makes sense. Uh, and by that I mean postseason. Sorry, I'm doing my best. Um, we'll see. I, I think that they've got they've got a really good shot, though. Um, Matt is asking how much cap room will we have this season and who are the mid-level guys Hexie will sign since he has no balls to go big. Um, last time I checked and I can, I can try and pull this up real quick. It was, I think it was like 17 million, but I could be wrong. Um, I'm going to pull it up right now. Um, no, I was right. 17, just over 17 million. Um, who are the, the mid-level guys? I can see him, you know, trying to bring in Tyler Bozak who would be a three C. Um, Oh God. I'm, I'm looking through the unrestricted free agents and I, Oh God. Um, you know, oh there's Missy. Maybe maybe he'll take a shot at James Neal, which would be interesting. Um, everyone is throwing around um, uh, Ryan O'Reilly who I don't is not on this list so it must be they're throwing around his name is, in terms of a trade. Um, and I don't think I would love that for a lot of reasons, um, but I just don't think that he would compliment the team. Uh, There's, you know, I think that Hextall is going to either make a big splash or he's not going to do anything. And I don't know what would irritate me more. I think probably, well, I don't know. I'm just going to have to see. I'm going to have to react in the moment because I want, I want him to do the big UFA signing. Um, I just don't, want it to be i don't want him to do a big ufa signing and have it be like um bringing in mike green for seven million for two years like i don't i don't want that to be the the signing that he makes um From Patrick, do you think a trade with Calgary is viable? For example, Simmons and Gudis for Hamilton in the fourth round pick. That helps Calgary and gives them more grit and leadership, gives us a right-handed top-pairing defenseman. So Calgary has said that they're looking for some more toughness, that they're looking to add some grit to their lineup. I think that a trade with them is absolutely something that they should look into. Especially Simmons and Goudis. like I think that that would be great. Uh, Dougie Hamilton is a very, very good defenseman, uh, and I think that it would take more than Simmons and Gudis to get him back. I think that we would have to give up some picks too. He's a, he's very good, and they're not going to part with him easily. Um, I, I there's a couple other Calgary Flames that I would love to have on the team. You know, first of all, Johnny Goudreau but it would take a lot to get Johnny Goudreau. And I can't imagine that they would get rid of him for anything. Um, Sean Monaghan is the name that I would like to have up the middle for the fires have, you know, Sean Couturier, Sean Monaghan, Nolan Patrick, Scott Lawton. That's a really, really deep team at center. Um, I would love that a lot. Uh, Give Give all centers, you know, 17, 18 minutes of ice time. And and that's a really good team. Um, I I think that a trade with Calgary is absolutely something that they should be looking into. Okay. Corey, keep simmer, question mark. Um, Listen to offers on Wayne Simmons. And that's kind of how I feel about, everyone, everybody on the team, like listen to offers, see what people are willing to give up. Um, I, I, nobody, nobody, I've got like four players on my untouchables list. Ivan Provorov, Sean Couturier, Shane Goss, despair, Nolan Patrick. Those are my untouchables. Um, Anybody else, you listen to offers. Now, what's I'm not saying get rid of anybody, but you listen to offers if the offers are good. I mean, do what you got to do. It's a business, it sucks, but it's a business. Uh, definitely listen, listen. Um, from Matt, Alex Lyon didn't look that great with the Flyers this year. Yeah, no, he didn't, but he didn't look terrible. He did, he did better. He did what he had to do, I think, to win them a handful of games and that happened. Um, But he didn't look great. No, you're absolutely right. He didn't look great. Okay. Um. Oh, Josh makes a really good point. So Neubert is the only legit option as a starter. If it weren't for his injuries, I think you're going to see Hart in the NHL next season. If he can't steal it out of camp, he'll make his case and be up by midseason. Now, our goalie core injuries are a problem. Injuries are a problem. We know this. You know this. They know this. Um, there is, I mean, there is always the chance that Carter Hart is an injury call-up next season, and we do see him in the NHL. That was something that I didn't, I didn't put into my answer, um, but it's a really, it's a really good point, Josh. from Kyle, can someone put together a show of just the worst hot takes y'all can possibly come up with? (gasps) Oh God. Could you imagine a show just full of bill hot takes? That's, that's astounding. Um, and then Brian, Brian Knight makes another good point about goalie. We can't forget about Felix Sandstrom. He could push for a backup role. Absolutely right. Felix Sandstrom does seem to be the, the forgotten goalie prospect, but he's, doing well in Sweden. I actually think he's going to stay in Sweden for another year. Um, I I have harped on about this for, now this is my second off season. So it's been two years that I've been saying how poorly Hextall managed the goalie situation last season where he extended Michael Neuvert and then had to sign Brian Elliott instead of just extending Steve Mason and having one of the... AHL goalies come up as a backup. Um, now, hindsight is 2020. So with the injuries that Steve Mason has had this offseason, or last season, um, Brian Elliott, Michael Neuvert, Anthony Stolarz, it worked, kind of, but I would have loved to see Sandstrom in the AHL with one of Lyon or Stolar's this season. I think that was probably the good move, but he stayed in Sweden. He had his own injury problems. Um, that's definitely a name if you don't know it already, getting used to seeing it, because we're going to start making some more noise about Sandstrom. He's going to be a very good goalie. Okay. From Obed, looking at our bottom six forwards, who do you think from the Phantoms could make the team next season? Vecchioni, Abe, Kubel, Martel. Who are your picks? Give me a second. Okay. Um, that's a, it's a great question. I think you know. All right, so let's let's just break it down. Vecchioni. Vecchione is, I think he's going to be like a quad A guy. He's going to be too good for the AHL, but not quite good enough for the NHL. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a good grasp yet on what his ceiling is, but I think that it would be bottom six. Um, I wouldn't be upset if he came up. Um, I would be upset if if him coming to the NHL bumps Scott Lawton to wing. I think Scott Lawton needs to stay at center. Um, by Kubel is very talented. He's a good hockey player. He was one of our best prospects for a while, but that was before we got good prospects. But he's still this. He's still very talented. Abe Kubel has also been suspended three times this season. Just this season. Not in his career. Three times this season. Um, He needs to rein that in a lot. A lot. If he wants to make this team. I I would give him a shot. But it's going to come with uh, a really quick uh, go back to the AHL trigger. Because I, I, I can't have that kind of recklessness on my team. Uh, Danny Martel. I would love, I would love it so much if he made the team next year. I think I, I love the, the Danny Martel story, uh, how he's just this speedy kid that went undrafted. Um, I I would, I would love, I need to check because I'm I'm worried that he was drafted. Um, I, I, I would love to see him in the NHL. Um, for more than just the, the couple of games he got this season, uh, four, four games. And I, okay. He was not, he was not drafted. I was right. I got really worried. Um, the other, the other, the other phantom to keep an eye on. And and we've mentioned him a few times is Misha Vorobiev definitely definitely keep an eye on him he could make a really strong push out of camp I actually think he could have made the team this year um Maddie thank you for jumping in Maddie just confirmed that he was undrafted (laughs) uh Adam the bet you have with Bill about Manning being signed is it two million total or two million per year it's two million per year uh Bill and I have a bet it started off with me saying, I don't believe that Brendan Manning will be in the NHL next season. Um, I, I have since amended that um, to, I don't believe that he's going to sign a contract for more than 2 million a year. Um, I believe that he's going to be a 7D on a team. And bounce or bounce between the NHL and the AHL, which is fine. I think that's I think that's his role. There's nothing necessarily bad about playing Brandon Manning in a 7D spot where he is sometimes in the press box, he's sometimes on the bench. The problem is Dave Hackett was playing him as a 3D, and that's just outside of his skill set. Um, Alex, what young player has a breakout next year? Um, you know, I'm going to say Nolan Patrick, uh, and that might be a little bit of a cop out because he had a decent season this year, but I think next year is his breakout season. I think that next year, next year, we're going to see exactly what we got in our number two pick. Uh, next year, we're going to see him with a full off-season of training and conditioning, a full camp. Uh, I think that next season is going to be huge for Nolan Patrick. All right, from Mike, will a healthy Moran get a shot next season? I, he's got, so he's got to make the NHL or be subject to waivers. Uh, I think that they would be extremely foolish to not give him a legitimate chance. If nothing else, if nothing else, play him on the PK. He he is, and I, I've I've scoffed at the term uh, penalty kill specialist all season, but Samuel Moran is like he is the one glo- one guy that will clear the porch, Just clear the porch. Because he's almost seven feet tall. He's, and he's not a, he's not scared to get in there. Um, I, I, I really need to see Sam Moran. I'm, I'm higher on Samuel Moran than just about anybody else. Um, so I really need to see him get a shot next season. From Alex, does Frost make the team next year? I don't think so. I, I would, I would like it a lot. I think it would add a lot of talent to, uh, probably the top nine. I don't want to say the top six because it gets a little, you know, it's, it's pretty solidified. Our top six is pretty solidified, but, um, I could see him maybe on the third line. I, I, but you know, they don't like to put, put these high powered offensive guys in third line roles. It's very strange. Um, I would, I would personally like to see it a lot. Um, from Steven, what do you think of Raffle? He seems to score for his national team, but not the Flyers. He seems good, but too inconsistent. So Michael Roffle is one of my favorite players. Um, that's, uh, sorry, just got a, a weird comment. Um, Michael Roth is one of my favorite players because he is he is what they think Yuri Letera is. He is what they think Valtteri Filppula is. He is the ultimate Swiss Army knife except he's Austrian and that's that's my but I'm, my one bad joke of the day. Um he can play up and down the lineup. He actually can. He is probably the strongest defensive player on the Flyers. Um, I don't know why he's not utilized more. Um, I think that he is underappreciated. He does score for his national team because he's, they're not really playing against really strong teams. Like I don't think Austria has played well against the powerhouses, but Um, I, I don't, I don't have a good answer for why he scores for Austria and not for the Flyers. He does score for the Flyers. It's just not a lot. He's not a, a, he's, you know, he had, it was more last season than this season where he had a handful of really strong offensive games. It's just not the type of player he is. He is, I guess, a role player in that he's going to make every line he plays on better. um, But he's not necessarily going to score at a clip that is going to impress anybody. Um, From Brian over under 50% Hextall signs John Tavares. I think it's under 50. Uh, Brian is also asking how old is James Neal? He's 30, 33. (laughs) I still have it up, let's see. Um, 30. Um. From Tom, can we put Weiss and Later on the same line as Umberger? Yeah, let's do that. The buyout line. Uh Nathan wants to know if we if Evander Kane, if the Sharks don't re-sign him. Uh no. I'm I'm a hard pass on Evander Kane. I don't want I don't want that personality anywhere near the youth of this team. Uh, From Joe, do we have a chance to win next season in the playoffs and go further if the refs don't have a favorite to win? There have been a lot of blown calls in the first, second, and third rounds. There have been a lot of blown calls in the first, second, and third rounds. But it's consistent across all of the teams, across all of the games, across all of – um, the levels of competition. So the refs have blown calls against every single team in this pl- postseason. It's, it's actually, like, it's disgraceful how poorly they've done. Um, but I don't think that, you know, I, I don't think that there's any grand conspiracy or uh, playing favorites against the Flyers in particular. They, they've just done a, a, a shit job all postseason. Okay. All right, let's see. Um, all right. Well, it looks like I've gotten current with all of the questions and there aren't any more. So, it was lovely spending time with you this Saturday. I'm gonna go eat lunch. And I suggest that everybody do the same. Try to make it through the rainy rest of your weekend. Um, we will, be, we will be back every Saturday at 11 AM. There'll be a different face every time. Uh, you'll see me back here eventually, but it won't be next week. Um, thanks for, thanks for hanging out and we'll talk to you soon. Hey guys, this is John Stolnes from the Good Fight and the Phillies podcast Hitting Season, where I talk to Phillies beat writers, broadcasters, and fellow Good Fight bloggers, as well as national baseball writers, and the occasional interview with Matt Clentac and Gabe Kapler. Also, you'll get Continued Success, a Phils podcast hosted by Justin Clue and Liz Rocher, covering all things Phillies, and The Dirty Inning, a hilarious podcast hosted by Justin and Trevor Strunk looking at the very worst innings in Phillies history. Make sure you are subscribed to the Good Fight podcast feed.